to summarize the content of the Bible with one word? What is it about in the Bible? Or you would say it is about God, right? But what about God? Who is God? I think we can summarize the Bible with one word, with the word love. Love is even more important than hoping. Hoping for heaven and longing for salvation. It's more important than believing. You say more important than believing? There's nothing more important than true faith. That's what it's all is about. No. Look at that last verse of chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 is the main text this morning. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. So the greatest of all those, faith, hope, and charity, is love. Charity is the old word for love. So we were created in order to love, to love God, and to love each other. We're created to be loved by God. It's, it's all about that love, that relationship with the triune God, and in God, in the Holy Trinity. There's always been love, even before creation, before there was anyone to be loved. Before the foundation of the world, God was love already. And he loved himself, the triune God, as we hope to see also later this morning. That God, the Lord Jesus, refers to that, that thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So love is, it's all that is about. The love of God and to love one another. So we need to know that for our society. In our society, it's all, it's all about love. In, in our families and marriages, it's about love. In our church, I hope it's all about love. In our society, with the government, if, if it's well, there's love. And especially today, there's so much hatred, right? There's so many hard feelings and yelling and problems. Or oh, what are hard feelings? And it's easy to love them that agree with me. But now to love them that do not. To love our enemies. This is what the Bible is teaching. So maybe we are willing and able to love them that please us. But now, to love in a one-sided way, like God loves his people for no reason. There's absolutely nothing in them that appealed unto him. But he has chosen to love them. So we also learn from that already, that we need to love also as a choice. Oh, is that love not a feeling? Is that love an action? I'm just working the ground a little bit before we go to the text. 
Is love only an action? Or only a feeling? It's both. There's always feeling. Suppose that we could love our enemy only in action. And not in the heart. So it's a combination, more or less. So in the congregation of Corinth, this was also a problem. The congregation of Corinth, we know the congregation now a little bit, was a congregation where there was speaking of tongues. I don't think that means that they were speaking gibberish and that some people were able to explain it. No, they spoke different tongues. I mean, languages. It's the same word. Language and tongue is the same word in the Bible. So they spoke different languages, and they had not gone to school for that. It was a special gift of the Holy Spirit to also confirm that he is the living God and that the Lord continues with saving his people and that the Messiah has come. So, it was not, not only feeling, let me back up a little bit, not only feeling, it was not only action, it was also speaking in tongues. It was speaking in tongues, there was some people were proud of that and some People were boasting about that. They said, I can speak in tongues. I can speak different languages. And there was also some who had the gift of prophecy, not only predicting things, also preaching the word and deep insight in the, in the doctrine of the Bible. There were people so able to also do miracles once in a while and pray over people. And there's, there's, there's so much going on in the, in, in the church. So many good things. So many things also the Lord had given. And when you read the first chapters of 1 Corinthians, you see how positive the Apostle Paul is to them. And to the church of God, which is in Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to his saints with all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, our Lord, both theirs and ours. I thank my God always in your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ. So it was a congregation with also God-fearing people. And yet, there was also a lack of love. We saw that coming already in the previous chapter, in, in chapter 12, verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So that, that is the same as that greatest is the charity. Oh, that love is so important. Now, in the Bible, in the New Testament, are at least three words, three Greek words for, for love. And they have different shades, different hues, different connotations, we say. So there is the word eros. We recognize the word also in English, don't we? Eros. That's kind of sexual love, intimacy, physical love. That's not used here. There's the word filial, 
We know what filio means, right? Uh, Bibliophil is someone who loves books. So filio, that is friendship, and it comes from both sides, and it is nice, but it is not eros. It is just kindness towards each other and being friends together. And there's the word agape. You may have heard about that. Agape. There were agape meals, right, in the congregation of Corinth. Love meals. And agape is very deep, often one-sided. And it is sacrificial. People sacrifice. And they, just, they, they give. They don't take. It's, it's not from both sides in the first place. It is also very giving, very, very, very generous to the other. And that word agape is translated in the King James as charity. Charity is a word that nowadays has a different meaning. Now charity, charitable organizations are, are, are organizations of benevolence, of doing good, doing well to others. But in the original language, agape means that, that love, that does not find a reason in people to love them for. And yet there is love. It is that choice, that well-meant choice to love. You know, let me just insert this. Why did the the Lord love his people from eternity? Because he has chosen to. He's chosen his church. And because he has chosen them, he began to love them. It's not so that he, began, that he has, has loved them and saw something in them that appealed unto him, and that's why he has chosen them. He has first chosen them. And he has chosen them as enemies. He has chosen them as people that there was, there was nothing in them. And the Lord, in his free and sovereign grace, has chosen them and drawn out of the darkness and brought them into light. And that's also a lesson for us, isn't it? That love often is a choice. We should not wait for our feelings to surface again, to say, no, I hope that love comes back, or that love will be given here or there, because you can't make it yourself. I see a point. But love is also a choice. So what do we see here? In chapter 13, the first three verses, we see five times the word. Do you see it? What word do you see in the first three verses? Five times? Though. Though. Though I speak with tongues, though I have the gift, though I have all the faith, though I bestow my goods to the poor, though... So that refers to the first thought. The theme is the love chapter, and the first theme is without love. The second point, rich in love, the verses 4 through 9. And then in the third place, remaining love, in the verses 10 through 13. So the love chapter, without love, rich love, and remaining love. So as I said in the first three verses, 
five times, no. Let's go over them. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So some people are given to speak those tongues and suppose they would even speak the language of the angels. Suppose they would be able to. I don't think there is an angel language. It doesn't say there is something like that. It's not a special language the angels are talking. I don't think so. But as if, if that would be so, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have no charity, I have no love, I am become a sounding brass uh, or as a tinkling cymbal. So he is saying to the congregation, you know, you may have all those gifts, but if the love and the charity that Agape is missing, then you're just sounding brass, just a gong. You make lots of noise. It's, it, it's, not, it's not music anymore. It's, it's, it's frightening. It is bothering the, the, the ears. So there's such a banging, banging noise on, of metal. It's not pleasing to the ear. So if I have the tongues, if I speak the tongues of men and suppose of angels and have not that love, that agape, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And later on he says, that means I am nothing. And then later on in, the, in, in verse 3 he says, it profit me nothing. It is absolutely useless. So that speaking in tongues that we're so proud of is what was worthless. It didn't make any sense to them. You can easily miss it. Because if charity is not in there, it is, it is nothing. Without love, also prophecy is worthless. And though I have the gift of prophecy, so prophecy in the sense of preaching or in the sense of predicting, as I said. So some people had that gift, right, of preaching and they had eloquence and they could speak well and people were amazed at the gift of prophecy and they looked up to them and the Apostle Paul says, hmm, you can be a pastor and an elder and a deacon and whatever you are, and you can have the gift even to pray and to work things well, and it might look just fantastic, and from the outside it looks like you're such a God-fearing person. It can look so fantastic, so sound, so old-fashioned, so of the old truth, so of, you name it, so evangelical, so generous, so, but if the love is missing, so is it possible? Is it possible to preach a very good sermon without, without love? Apparently. Though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all the mysteries. So nobody knows all the mysteries, do we? But suppose you would know all the ins and outs and all the details of the Bible. 
if you would be well versed in the scriptures, if you would be just very familiar with the truth, have read all the books of, of, of our forefathers, and know exactly about justification and sanctification, all the difficult words in the theology, and you have all your brain. Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all, all the mysteries and all the knowledge. And then it's still possible that you are on the wrong road and that the, the love is missing. And people may not know that, but the Lord knows it. And the Lord sees it, and the Lord also deals with that. Meaningless. It has no effect. It has no result for the Lord. It's not to his glory. So what an honest preaching that is. Right? The Apostle Paul does not say, as, as long as the doctrine is well, as long as you behave very well, as long as you have some gifts in the congregation, you are doing well. You're a Christian. Yeah, I see it. I see that you love the Lord from, from your outward appearance. What you're doing, what you say. And yet it is possible that it's missing, that the love is missing, no charity. And then we are nothing. And even he speaks on faith, right, in verse 2. Uh, and though I have all the faith. Now, if people have all the faith, are they not saved? Well, it depends. Is this saving faith or is this just general faith and believing in the Lord's help and believing in the Lord's providence, providence and believing that the Lord will help through and that the Lord will guide me and that the Lord knows better and that I, can, that I should be still and know that God is God and to surrender. And it is possible that someone can give it all over to the Lord and has all the faith that he or she removes mountains as the Lord Jesus used that example. And if you miss the love for God, for his people, for his day, for his word, for, for the Lord Jesus himself, if you miss that, you are, you're nothing. You, you miss the point. So, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have no charity, I am nothing. So three times you see that accusation, right? You're like a tinkling symbol. You are nothing, and it profited nothing. So he's very, he's very clear about that. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, no, I don't, I don't really that if people make uh, good, good donations for charitable organizations and give lots of money away, but they give it all away. Though I bestow all my goods, suppose the son would sell all his properties, all the land, and all the houses, and all the businesses, and all someone may have, and you, you sell it all, you have nothing left. And you, you give it all away. 
here and there. You're such a generous person before you die. Right? You, you give it all away to all different people. You would say that's such an act of love. No, not necessarily. Though I bestow, bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, even if you are willing to go to the stake, if, you, if, if you're willing to be, to, to, to be killed for, 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 for faith's sake, if you would like, if you would, would be like those Muslim boys who are willing to blow themselves up so they can go to heaven, and so if people sell all the properties and share with everyone, then are willing to go to prison and willing to be killed. You say, minister, it's clear those people love, those people do everything for the Lord. So how can you be possibly critical of them? You, you just see that they're just fantastic people, they're just examples to others. They have all the faith, they have all the knowledge, and they speak all the tongues of angels, so to speak, and they give them the, their bodies to be burned. So what else do you need? Love. Not only the action of love, also the feeling of love. Not per se those fuzzy feelings and those warm feelings for enemies, but at least you see them as as, as humans, we're solved for eternity. The Apostle Paul was very open about it. And did he not experience this as well? I am nothing. If I do all those things, I still am nothing. Because Paul knew what he was talking about. He has, he has come to the place of being nothing. You, with all the gifts you have donated, with all the faith you had, with all the mysteries you knew, have you come to the place you said, but I miss the love, and I am nothing. I believe the Lord brings all these people to that place. That they are nothing. And they see that all those righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That they cannot be saved by that. Even though they speak the language of angels. Even if they have not all the even if they have all the faith that they can remove mountains. Even five times with all. With all. So the Apostle Paul is quite clear about that. And I read also the same things in, for example, Job 40. Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. So that you discover that love is missing. You say, I am vile. I have done all things in the church, and people think the world of me, that I'm vile. Or think of Isaiah 6, then said, I, woe is me, for I am undone. 
because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for, the, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, seem to become nothing. And that's what the Apostle Paul was missing in Corinth. They were so religious. They were so pious. They were so good at things. It looked so special. And in fact, it was nothing in the hearts of many. So without that charity, it's all missing. And does the Apostle Paul not, not write about that in Romans 3 as well, that nobody is good and nobody seeks after God and the fact that nobody is loving the Lord by nature? Do we miss that love? Before I go to the second thought, who had such a love? Who had such love that he was not only speaking with the tongues of men and of angels and had, uh, had all the knowledge and understanding and, and had all the faith and bestowed all his goods to the poor? Who is that? It's the Lord Jesus, not. But he had love in his heart. He had, he had chosen the people, received the people, right? And the Lord Jesus, he is generous. The Lord Jesus, he is wise. The Lord Jesus, he speaks that language. But he, he gives it all away to save the people from their sins. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. So the Lord Jesus laid down his life for his church. So five times, go, go, brings to the second thought, a rich love. In the middle section of this chapter, we read, we read about 15 characteristics of what love is and what love not is. So the first part was five times low, and now 15 times kind of aspects of love. Very interesting. Let's go over them briefly, of course. You could preach weeks about this chapter. I'm not going to do that. So I read in verse 4, charity, love, suffers long. Suffers long. What is long suffering? Long suffering is an old word for patience. Right? If you love someone, if you have love in jail, you're a patient man. A loving man is a patient man. He can wait. Does not need to have it now. He can just wait and has, has understanding, is flexible, is able to wait. Charity suffers long, is not easily provoked. It takes a while before you act. 
charity is kind and kind. Think of loving kindness. Think of being mild, being gentle. If you don't agree with someone, if you just said, this is so wrong, it's terrible to be patient and be gentle and be kind at home, in church, in school, in the care home, in, 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 in society, everywhere. Be gentle. Just calm down. So that people may see that person is a Christian. It's a kind person. Maybe not deep down in his heart, but he, there's this kindness in there that is important. You know, the early church was not called the Christian church, but the kind church. The kindness of people appealed them. I heard of Pastor McChain that he was in Egypt one, one day and that he went to a hotel, probably on his way to Israel. And there was an, um, a person helping out there in the hotel. And he didn't say a word, but she saw something. She just noticed something. She couldn't understand him. He spoke a different language, but she, she noticed this, this, this love in this man, this, this kindness. And it motivates her to begin to read the Bible. Charity is patient. Charity is kind. Are we kind in our marriages? In upbringing? Are we kind to our brothers and sisters and colleagues? If you miss that love, it's nothing. Is that how our church is known for? You say, oh, that, that person in the office, he goes to the church there. Those are loving people. Really? Kind. Charity envieth not. Is not jealous. You know, people are easily jealous, right? He has something that I don't have, and I want it too, and why not me? Ah, something being upset about that. You can stand it. You were in school together, and he is just, she is just doing so well, and look at me. You know, if you would be a loving person, you would say, it's fine. It's completely fine. They may have all they have in the world. I, I don't per se have to match up with that. I don't have to measure up. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not boasting. You know, if you are not loving, you are boasting. And you just are bragging and, and tell people about all your accomplishments. And you feel good about that. That's, that's not love. Love does 
does not make you vaunting yourself, not make, does not make yourself boast, but you, you're just under the radar. You just don't, don't want people to know all those things. You don't, they don't have to know. It, it kind of gives you a good feeling if they, if they would know, right? They, they, they think highly of the person because look at what, what he is doing. But just be quiet about that. Just don't do it. No boasting, no bragging. Not being puffed up, it says, at the end of verse 4. Fountain not itself is not puffed up. Being puffed up nowadays is being arrogant. You know, when people do well, they can be quite arrogant, right? They have accomplished something, and they look down on people, and they are bragging, and they are puffed up, like a turkey, puffed up. And they're strutting in this world, and they're hoping that people look at them. That's not love. Does not behave itself unseemingly. And seemingly is just simply rude. Rude to others. Because if you think the world of yourself, and you're puffed up, and you're boast, boasting, then you just put people down, right? And you behave yourself unseemly, unseemingly. They that love do not seek their own. It's not all about me, but with empathy. Charity means empathy, to see the other, to be unselfish. It's not about me, it's about others. See how deep we fell? See how we were created? We were created to never, never boast and always be thankful. And always be loving. And always see the other. And we, we have lost that image of God. That's the image of God, right? The image of God is, is also explained here. Who the Lord is. Not easily provoked. Meaning not irritable. Not short-fused. There's some overlap in those words. Thinketh no evil. Meaning, not resentful. Not keeping track of all the mistakes you made. Love does not say, I remember you a year ago and two years ago, and you always, I remember you always. Love does not say that. Love does not bring up the past all the time. That's, that's resentment. But you wish is good for your enemies. And rejoices not in iniquity. Does not rejoice in people's wrongdoing and in people's ruin. And they, they, do, they do not smile and laugh and others are suffering. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's good. Let, let them suffer, not me. Charity is different. 
does not rejoice in iniquity, does rejoice in the truth. Bear all things, accepting. Believe all things, not always questioning people's motives and being so critical as being so negative about others. Bear with all things, believe with all things, hope with all things, and do with all things, being positive. So that sounds very practical, isn't it? So what do you learn from, from this list of 50 things for your marriage, for your church membership, for your being a member of this society? What is your weak point? If you could pick one of those 15, which is the first one you have to work on? And then think, when you are, are considering this, think of the Lord Jesus, how different he is, and what a Savior he is, who is so mild and so forgiving and so good and so patient and so... Long-suffering, all, all those words, right? And this is not the only chapter in the Bible that speaks about those things, of course. Here are a few more. Proverbs 10. Hatred, that's the opposite of charity, stirs up strives, but love covers all sins. Love covers covers all sins. Love is important. Proverbs 15, a, a wrathful man stirred up strife, but he that is slow to anger a piece of strife. Slow to anger is the same as long-suffering. Proverbs 29, verse 22, an angry man stirred up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. Or James 4, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that bore in your members? So blessed are the peacemakers. You can be honest and open, and you'll be a peacemaker. The Apostle Paul elsewhere also uses a similar list as the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. See that? How similar that's such a big part in the Bible. The meekness, the gentleness, the, the carefulness, being considerate to have the low thoughts of yourself, not boasting and being puffed up. And, you know, we all learn from this, don't we? Sometimes you have a good cause, and we are just fired up. The, the, the cause is good. Where's the, where's the, where's the gentleness? So the Lord Jesus experienced 
or so or let me word it in a different way, the Lord Jesus missed that love, the feeling of that love on the cross. His father seemed, he did, seemed not to love him anymore. He did not feel loved anymore on the cross. And that's why the Lord Jesus spoke, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You know why? In order to give that love to give that love away, to also make sinners partakers of that love. What a rich love. And that love is so important that it does not uh, go away. That charity never faileth. Look at verse 8. The charity never fails, it never falls flat, it never is, is gone. You know, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. The sermons, sometimes, someday there's not no sermons anymore. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is gone, then that which is in part shall be done away. So all those things will disappear, and love will remain. Our third thought. So there are three sections in this chapter. The first section is the five those, and then the 15 explanations of what love is about, and then the verses 10 through 13 about the when and then verses, words. Let's read them again. Look at the words when and then. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when... I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as of so I am known. And now abide faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. So the Apostle Paul is comparing. When... Then, so when, what? When that which is perfect is come. See that that's the 10th verse, then he changes the tone. So, he speaks about all those gifts, and if you have those gifts but you miss the charity, you are nothing, you profit nothing, and you're like a tinkling symbol. It's all absolutely meaningless. Your whole religion is worthless. It's so fake. It's so faux. It's so artificial. But you know, the real love is this, 15 pieces of that. And then he says, but you know, there is a time coming when that which is perfect is come. So he refers here to the second coming of Christ. 
talking about the new kingdom. And in that kingdom, you don't need faith anymore. In that new kingdom, you don't need hope anymore. Because you have it. You don't have to believe in that future thing if it, if it has come already. So that, that's all fine. Not abide the faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest is the charity. Because that remains. It remains. Then which was in part shall be done away. So all those gifts the Corinthians practiced will be all absolute. And what, what, what remains is that love. That's all there is in eternity, in the kingdom. One word fits there to, to, with love, to be loved by the Lord and to love him back and to love one another. It's the kingdom of love. And the Bible speaks very clearly about that. That love is so personal. It is face to face. Not through a glass darkly, but face to face. In Corinth, they had their first mirrors. And those mirrors were not glass mirrors, like we have in our vanities. But they had metal mirrors. And they made them shiny and as flat as possible. And still, when you looked in them, it was distorted. So the Apostle Paul says, and so our knowledge and all, all, all those gifts are distorted. And also the vision of God, to look at God, it's so distorted you see through a glass, darkly, through a mirror, darkly. And Vaguely, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Imagine. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That there'll be just everything, right? To be with the Lord and to be loved by Him and to love Him back and to see him as he is, and to be loved by him in an infinite way. You know, Jacob experienced something of it, and Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for, for, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And Moses, Lord spake unto Moses, face to face as a man speaks unto his friend, and that will be reserved for heaven. To speak to God face to face as a friend. In the kingdom of God, it will be true. And all God's people experience that love. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Any, any desire to see him? Or do you like to stay here for eternity? 
You know, if it is well, if there is love, there is also time again the desire to see him as he is and to be loved by him and to know him. Jeremiah 31, some loose ends now. There is some text to fill it in. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, say, Know the Lord. Nobody does say, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least of them and to the greatest of them, say the Lord. Oh, that the faith is no longer necessary in Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See? So, but if you see it, you don't have to believe it anymore. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? See, the hope is also fulfilled. But the love remains. It's not vanished except that love. Being loved by a triune God. Loving him because he loved us. Because he has chosen to love his church. So he that covereth a transgression seeketh love. And that's what the Lord is doing. But he that repeateth a sinner, a matter separateth, even friends. What I like is John 17. We talked about it at catechism classes, John 17, about the, the Trinity, right? In the Trinity, the triune God is loving himself and kind of spills over John's exercise in, 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 in the church. It is, it's all, all about love. Father, the high priestly prayer, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me that I am. Lord Jesus praying, Father, I will. Thou hast given them to me. I will that they will be with me, that I am. Why? That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou hast loved me before the foundation of the world. See, the Lord Jesus was loved by his Father before the foundation of the world. And he says, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou hast loved me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love, now it comes, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. So the love of God the Father is the love for the Lord Jesus, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. See the connection between the Father's love for his Son and the love of God to his people? Congregation, if God loves so much, we should love each other. That's the motivation. So maybe you have trouble loving someone. 
well, think about this. Uh, do you want to be loved by a triune God? Do you know something of that? Maybe, maybe this is the problem, that you miss love altogether. You don't know what love is. 1 John 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And he in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent the Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we are also to love one another. And that love is a love poured out by the Holy Spirit in the heart. No? That hope make not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. But God commanded his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God loved his people before they were born, before they fell even. And he is pouring it in their hearts, shedding it abroad in their hearts. So that love is this all that really counts, not? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know, when you're suffering, there are problems in your life, when there's tension, first straighten it out with God. You need to know something of Him, of His love, and that will also have a consequence for your daily life, for how you live and how you deal with people. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril sword? No, nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Beloved congregation, do you love God? Can you live without it? He is still alive. He's still in the heavens. And he is still generous. He is the God who is, who is, who is explained in this Bible. He bears all things, endureth long-suffering, does not behave itself unseemly, seemingly, does not seek his own. In a way he does, but also in a very unselfish way. He also sacrificed himself, gave himself to his first sacrifice for sin, to save the people from their sins. But examine your heart. It, it is possible that all the, all the things are okay but that the love is missing, the new heart is missing. That missing is that being nothing, to be, to be a lost sinner, and to seek salvation only in the Savior. So can you live without God and without the loving Savior? And if you know of those things, if you cannot deny those things, what a blessing. Render the Lord thanks for his love 
but with he loved us. And that love will stay, will not go away. Because now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Amen.